Hello, and welcome to Covert Castaway. I'm Holly. Je suis Stéphane. Join us as we share what we learn and how we're making the transition to liveaboard cruising. This is going to be a little bit of an emotional podcast, at least for me, because um, it's about selling the boat. And, you know, we're going to talk about what our timing is and the journey we're on here in the time, in the time frame and, um, how we kind of made a decision on listing it or not listing it with a broker and, and all that. And the reason I say it's emotional is I was looking at the boat the other day and I was like, Oh, I just really like the boat, you know? And I think it's like that with your first boat. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not your first boat, so you're kind of, you know. No, 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 no. I mean, it's been it's been uh, home. Yeah. And um, and it's a good boat. You know? Yeah, and it's a great boat. It's and it's been a process to you know from from selecting selecting all the options and picturing yourself, you know, living on this boat, equipping it with everything that you think you'll need and. And so it's, um, I mean, we spent more time, you know, thinking about the boat and equipping the boat and getting the boat ready to like get the boat than we probably did actually living on the boat. And so, and it sounds probably totally crazy to people like, (laughs) why are you doing this? And, but we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. And, and, And the logic is we're committed to do, you know. Like it's like a ten-year plan. Wait, are we going to tell people what the boat is that we looked at? Or well, we cannot say everything. Okay. Well, so we went on a sea trial. Yeah, and then we tried performance cruising boat, and you loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, for this ten-year plan, we want to do. There's first, there is a lot of sailing. There's a lot of water, and and we just want to be sailing most of the time yeah and and enjoy the the sailing part and so so once we committed to that to the outremere oh you revealed <gasps> Oops, it we told people yeah <laughs> yeah we can't say which one yet but um we loved the outremere i was really surprised we we kind of covered that in the performance versus Com- comfort podcast in quite a bit of detail what that was like um, but yeah, it was, it was very, very different experience. And so I am looking forward to that. It's just sort of, I have this pleasant place in my heart for, you know, um, the Fountain Peugeot and, uh, it's a great boat. So anyway, we decided to, um, at first we were thinking about selling it maybe next season because we were trying to get one more season. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the logic has been, once we made the decision and then we got the date, that was like first step. Yeah, like how soon could we get it? Once we got a date, then we're like, okay, we walk backwards. So what are the options for us to while we wait mm-hmm. a new boat? So and we mentioned the date. Yeah. Yeah, I think if we if you didn't hear it, um, it's it's uh, September twenty three. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you want to understand the, all the rationale, you know, please listen to the comfort versus performance one and two, and that'll give you an idea. Um, but, and originally the date was going to be in 24, but we got moved up. So mm-hmm. that was really cool. 
Yeah. So so then when you look at it from a high level, it's it's like two seasons of sailing. Right. Like, oh wow, you're giving up two seasons and. Uh, so, and we weren't going to. We were going to go one more season originally. but Yeah, so the first the initial plan was, well, we will keep selling our boat until we need to sell it and, and then, then focus on, on the new boat. Um, so we have, we have kind of, we looked at the options, either as we're preparing the boat for the winter and doing all the services and stuff like this, we were like, well, the boat is going to be on the hard for like five months mm-hmm. and it's a good time if you're a buyer to come look at it have a survey done yeah. inspect the boat and then put it in the water so so that's we thought well why not right why not just try it we'll see what happens either the boat gets sold like perfect scenario well in on one way is it gets sold before we leave turkey so we're here we can walk through everything i'm not ready to say goodbye (laughs) but logistically that would be like the most convenient and Mm -hmm. and then um you know other option it's it's you know obviously it's the end of the season in the med so people might not be looking for buying a boat in the med they might be more looking for buying boats like on the east coast yeah u.s to go to the caribbean something at this point in time but um we had a lot of these questions and um one thing we did is we you know, put more detail on our, our boat page on sailingallen.com. Um, and then we, you know, made a couple posts on social media just to be like, Hey, if you're interested, check it out. Just a owner offer kind of a thing. But we had a lot of questions about, well, how would that work? And, you know, if we were here, how would they look at it? And what if they wanted to put it in the water and all of these things and timing. And so we actually, um, decided we interviewed three or four brokers, um, we interviewed one in the U.S., uh, one in in the U.K., um, maybe two in the U.S., and then one in Turkey, a, a local guy. And, um, you know, basically, and if you've watched the YouTube videos about the Annapolis Boat Show, if you're in the U.S., or some of the boat shows going on, um, there's a lot of interest by people in, in these boats right now. And who knows how long it's going to last. So we started to kind of feel like we should be really informed on timing because, um, you know, we don't also don't want to put ourselves in a position where we, we have to two boats. We own two <laughs> boats at the same time, which is like never something you want to be doing. Yeah. Um, so that was the idea. What all the brokers basically said is, you know, um, it's a it's a good market. The boat's better than new because we've worked out all the kinks um, versus an owner getting it from the factory, you know, waiting for their slot, you know. Which is hard to imagine, like, yeah. for people until you've gone through it. Like, right. Like, oh, I get a new boat, you know. Yeah, and you drive it off into the sunset, and that's not really how it works. No. Um, so, you know, waiting for however long you wait for the boat and then getting the boat and then spending a year kind of putting it together, that's sort of all done and, and all of that, it's been completely shaken out and all of that. So we're like, you know, if we do one more season, we're putting, you know, more, um, more hours on the engines and, you know, things like that. So it's in really great shape now and, um, you know, it, it's a good time. So. For somebody who is looking to buy a boat new, it's a two-year wait. And then you can easily add a minimum one season in the med, ideally even in France, (laughs) to just cruise the boat 
and uh, well, do if you're the thinking things. the exact same boat, yeah, yeah. If you're thinking well, the exact same boat and the exact same um, uh, setup, yeah. setup and, and plan, you know, to go cruising, live aboard, and and kind of around the world. And because there is there is the work to be done, but there is all acquiring all the parts and stuff. And so as soon as you leave France, it just everything gets more complicated. So I would say you you save probably three years. Mm-hmm. Like you can basically come with your suitcase and and then go cruising, and yeah. then you fast forward it three years in your life. Yeah. So, so if urgency is a value and time is is a value to somebody, I think that's who's going to be interested. Mm-hmm. In the boat, I think uh, all of the brokers we talked to mentioned the supply chain issues and uncertainty around that, which, you know, we share that concern on the other side, buying the other boat. Um, they kind of have a unique sourcing situation at Ochermere, so I'm worried about it a bit less. But I think, um, you know, that was kind of another reason to put it on the market and, and get it in the hands of a owner who's super excited about the boat and wants to go sailing right away. So we listed it with a with a broker, um, and the you know the way it works is if you haven't ever sold a boat before, and I hadn't, you had sold a boat before. You didn't use a yeah. broker though. Yeah, right? uh, more twenty four. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you didn't have a broker for that, right? No. Yeah, it was just so it was a small boat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. So he sent us all the comps. There were maybe one comp that's an actual comp. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a bit overpriced in, in our opinion. Um, and, um, yeah, so we chose the UK broker and we felt like he could get here quickly. Uh, someone from Turkey, he, he also, um, was really thinking there would be people from the UK who would be interested in having a boat, um, and due to Brexit, they have to be out. So Turkey is a good uh, place for them to winter a boat where they would naturally, be. We've, we've met a lot of um, British people here, actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was another kind of factor is where the boat is. Um, we didn't list with the Turkish broker um, a lot because we just had, we struggled with the language barrier. We don't speak Turkish, so it's hard to kind of um, understand the nuances. And, you know, I think, I think, and uh, I think they're focused on the Turkish market. That's what I felt. As just just to, the Turkish market. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. So um, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, what we, as Stefan was saying, you know, we thought we could list it while we're here in case a owner does decide they want to see it right away. Then at least we're here and we can do that with them. Um, if it happens while we're gone and we are back to the States, you know, we would have to fly back. Um, I guess there's two things that happen. Uh, one is this sea trial. So someone would come and see the boat. They would With the surveyor. get a survey done. Um, and it would, you know, whatever the inspection um, says would come back. And then they would decide to buy the boat or not. But they would decide to buy the boat. And then we would put the boat in the water and um, take them on a sea trial, just make every, make sure everything works. So the surveyor would be part of that as well. And then, um, and then once that happened, we would need to also be present for the handover, which kind of is, everything's documented about what goes along with the boat. You know, so there's a full inventory of every single thing that's on the boat. There's a lot of there's stuff. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> because we're, we're basically walking away from the boat 
um, we're not going to be able to take, it's not like we're going to take dishes with us. <laughs> like, where would we put it? Yeah, and then we have two years, almost two years, so yeah. we don't want to store. So it's it's kind of a turnkey. It's completely book. turnkey. So I think the only thing we're taking is our wetsuits. We're leaving the dive tanks. Um, our wetsuits, our yeah. regulators, um, our dive computers, and our personal belongings, like our clothes and shoes and yeah. And our, and, our, and our own um, life preservers. Yeah. So um, everything else, I think, pretty much is staying with the boat. And, uh, yeah, so it'll be a process where you can maybe sense, you know, there's some tentativeness in, in my voice probably um, because it's a, it's a big step. And also, you know, if it sells tomorrow, say, you know, like, what are we going to do next year? <laughs> like, mm. Except talk about our new boat, you know, that we're going to get like what we did before. But, um, you know, I think we have some balls up in the air. I have some work stuff going on, which is interesting and different and exciting. Um, if I want to focus on that, we have a couple trips planned. Um, yeah. So it's just a really interesting transition time, I guess. And yeah, it'll be mostly for 2022. Right. And then 2023... We'll be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Because the fabrication will start in January. And... Um, they actually put it in the water in June or something. July. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... It's so really we'll do, next year. We'll do a few trips mm-hmm. um, and to, to La Grande Motte. And then they have training and you have options to go sail on other automair. So, so I think 2023, I'm not worried. We yeah. just need to figure out... What and we, we need to, to find that. friends with boats. Yeah. So. Yeah. If you have a <laughs> if you have a boat and you need crew, uh, <laughs> we're available. <laughs> so, yeah. um, anyway, that's that's kind of our update on selling the boat and kind of what happened and listing it and what we did and and uh, how we chose brokers. Yeah, but it's a little bit bittersweet just because you know you're saying goodbye to one thing, but then you have this lag um, to to the other thing but who knows maybe we'll sail next season too like we don't know what's going to happen truthfully yeah. it'll be a transitional year yeah exactly. to like jump into a 10-year plan mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's it's maybe it's worth sometimes to take a little step back yeah. and then um and then do it the way yeah. you think you know yeah i mean i feel like we were getting we were kind of getting our groove in terms of you know how we we're working together on the boat, you know, and so I feel, I feel like that's kind of a bummer to step away, you know, when you just feel like you're getting a good groove. So, um, yeah, but I mean, long-term, this is the best decision for us and, uh, we're, we're excited about the new boat. Mm-hmm. So, and there is like, I think it's an opportunity also to, I mean, to learn like for, to do more sailing, but, uh, like, you know, something, Obviously, I come more from a racing background, so I've done a lot of sailing. And then yeah. it's always tricky to to kind of to learn on a on a on a big on a boat. bigger boat. Yeah. So so yeah. I, I mean, I took classes and I got all the certifications, but you know, I need to I need more practical experience. And, and why, especially when you're buying a performance cruising boat, like you want to really be more <laughs> active on the on the sail selection, yeah. on the trimming of the sails. Because I kind of defer to you for all that. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think, you know, we might use this year to try to sail on a dinghy on a small boat and, and really get all these mm-hmm. fundamentals and, and really have a chance to I mean in 
in an afternoon on a on a small dinghy, you could probably do a lot more. You know, practice some yeah, jiving, tacking, yeah. and and sail changes if there is a spinnaker. And, yeah. Than than on a bigger boat like this, and so so I think uh, there'll be an opportunity to uh, to kind of. Uh, uh, yeah spend more, more time yeah, yeah to do that so it's it's an yeah you just take it as an as an opportunity to to close some gaps and and so and prepare yourself for different platform yeah to be sailing on for sure cool so uh if you have a boat and you want to be our friend reach out at sailing gmail.com or if you're interested in learning more about our boat or you have a friend who really needs an a catamaran Please feel free to forward them that information on our website, mm-hmm. sailingallen.com. That's it for now. Boom, boom. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now. Oh, 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 o